0: another episode of suck we know that the season is over but me and jason we just want to get into some things honey like we want to talk about the season as a whole we want to talk about spin-off ideas we just want to talk about succession now that we've had the week to absorb everything that went down the direction Mm. that the show is going some things that we've heard about the show some things that have been shared about the show. And we also want to, you know, just talk to you again. And we want to also thank you, all of you for listening this long and we hope that you continue to listen.
1: Yes. I mean, although right now, Sunday nights just don't feel the same um, as they did when the show PM was on. on I, I don't even know. I think I was rewatching. I literally was <laughs> like, I need, I need these characters like back in my life. On a Sunday night, so I'm just gonna start rewatching the season um, and see what I pick up on. And you know, I last episode I talked about how like next season all I care about is Tom. You know, he kind of has ended the season as like the central character to to look out for. And now that I'm rewatching the show, I'm la- or rewatching the season, I should say. Um, oh my gosh! Like the signs that were on the wall all along of just like him in the thick of it with the rest of these characters, but also kind of, you know, playing his hand. And I think it goes back to, um, I think we touched on it last episode, but you know, there's a real, uh, there's a real line in the sand between the Roy family, the Roy siblings, and then in all the other characters. And I think you have to put Tom in the bucket with Carl, with Frank, with Jerry, Where, you know, don't forget, these people have worked really, really hard to get to their position of power. It's not clear what their background is, like if they were, you know, born into a family that had a lot of money or how they got the jobs that they're currently in, but you could tell that they really know how to watch their own back. You know, and as I was rewatching the the series, you know, just clicked in my head more and more that like Tom is right in there with them, like his marriage with Shiv is so calculated, you know, and every move that he makes this season, even the whole storyline of him thinking he's going to prison um, and saying that he's going to prison. You know, it was all just a calculation to get deeper into Logan's pocket Um, and it played out at least as far as we can tell now in his favor.
0: Exactly. And I think that I feel a little bit less bad for Tom than I originally did, because I'm realizing that this dude, just like everyone else, it was kind of self-serving. And you know what else I noticed watching the season as a whole is that Shiv tried to set up her own little deals throughout Mm -hmm. the show, and all of them failed. Like, for example, um, when Logan went piss mad and he was making no sense, he saw that conversation that she had with, like, the Pierce family girl. Um, so she, like, you know, tried to do that little side thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, when they were picking the president, she was t- talking to one president and not for one president, but one candidate. And he was telling her, he was like, oh, I don't care. I'll send your dad to jail and I'll make you CEO. And she looked like she was, you know, very into that. And then at Kendall's birthday party, she is trying to talk to Matson, but they couldn't get into the treehouse. But of course, Roman figured out how to get into the mm-hmm. treehouse, so she tried to set that up, and that failed. And then at the end, obviously, everyone tried to set their thing up with the mom, and that failed. And I'm like, well, damn! I always we always talk about how Kendall is a loser, but what has should
1: really want to, yeah. No, it's an interesting point because I know you know for most of our podcasts, like I've I've always said that I think Shiv um, definitely has the skill set and you know checks the boxes to be uh, Waystar's you know proper CEO one day, and I think to an extent that's still true. I think you know, the way that she schemes and the way that she plans is very strategic. And she obviously has, you know, more heart slash is not a, you know, psychopath compared to someone like Roman um, or even Connor for that matter. Mm -hmm. But it is true. Like we've seen this season, you know, overall, like Shiv has definitely taken some L's, you know, there's no kind of getting around it. And of course, the biggest L that she takes is in the final episode where up you know, Tom turns on her. And I guess my question, um, Kaya, is like, do you think in that last episode, do you think she knows that it was Tom? Like, do you think it clicked in her head as he's rubbing yeah. her back in that last scene?
0: It had to because even the way that she responded to him, she kind of like she saw her dad give him like the pat on the back or whatever. She pauses and she looks. And then when he comes up to her, before she even speaks, it's like she's thinking. And just, like, the look on her face is, like, okay, I don't know if she's, like, proud of her. Or Ooh. not necessarily proud, but maybe she sees that, okay, well, I just lost everything that was promised to me, but my husband's got the end. Or is she just keeping it cool and gonna flip on him later? So there's yeah. so many different ways that it can Interpreted, but I think that she definitely knows. Do you think that she knows?
1: Well, I don't know a hundred percent, but I do know that, you know, when the kids got there and, you know, Logan brings her mom on the phone and it's revealed that, that he knew all along that they were coming. I think, you know, logically, like in all of their heads, they're thinking, okay, like how could this have happened? Like who knew, right? Like going down the short list. And I mean, it's just logic to put two and two together that, Shiv called Tom in the car on the way over, and said that things were changing rapidly. They were going after their dad, and then the next scene is Tom sitting down with Greg and saying, "Like, do you want to deal with the devil? Like, things are about to change." So I think that you know the the short answer is, you know, the kids probably knew. I think they can all put it together when he walked in. I don't know though when Tom was rubbing Shiv's back in that last scene. I don't know if the, if she put it together yet or you know is this something that she that she gets the realization like five minutes after the season ended mm-hmm. or you know does it hit her you know a day after or a few days because after? If
0: all of them knew it's like why wouldn't they respond to Tom with right. anger
1: and that's kind of my that's what I am holding back a little but bit. but you know what is knew. an
0: unpopular opinion that I have is that Logan could have pulled this off without anyone telling him that um, their plan because i feel like it's fucking logan he's always 10 steps ahead he knows that his kids is not going to want him to sell the company Mm -hmm. he knows that you know um that shiv and roman are at least on good terms so they would come to him and that kendall is at his lowest so he needs an ally So I feel like Logan could have figured out, like, hey, um, you know, Caroline has these shares. She's the only one who can stop me from, you know, doing what I can do by selling her shares to the kids or whatever. So he could have figured out his damn self because he's Logan Roy. And I feel like people are, like, overlooking that.
1: Yeah, that's also true. I don't want to, you know overshadow the fact that logan is very very smart and he is always able to think one step ahead so yeah of course But that would be boring if that was
0: the case it's better to know that you know tom was the one who stuck the knife in the back but i'm just saying that it wouldn't take a genius he has to figure out from all sides like okay so how am i going to do this obviously i need caroline stocks so obviously i'm going to get caroline on the phone
1: right Yeah. I mean, what I was also thinking though, is like, did Tom always have this plan that his goal was always to get on the inside with, with Logan and build leverage with Logan or, you know, in the beginning of the season when he was legitimately like, yeah, like I'll go to prison, like I'll be the scapegoat. Like, was that his way to kind of offer like an olive branch to his wife and be like, Hey, look, I really love you. And I love your family. And I want this marriage to work and I want to actually have a relationship with you. But then slowly over the course of the season, he realizes that Shiv actually doesn't care at all about him. And then he kind of makes the move. So there's that like slight kind of like dichotomy that I'm really interested in, in seeing in the next season. Like, you know, has Tom been this like mastermind all along that's, you know, been planning his, his jump to power or, um, you know, did he just realize at the end of the day that things, did, you know, weren't going to work out?
0: Yeah, it's just like from season one when he finds out that his wife doesn't even want to be monogamous the night of their wedding.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he stayed through that. And I'm wondering, like, Shiv shows him time after time that she could give a fuck less about him. Mm-hmm. So I think that with this last move is that he wants to be on Logan's side. And it's not even about Shiv anymore. It's, a, it's literally about power now.
1: Yeah. Um, I
0: feel like I should have realized that Tom was going to tell Logan when he had that conversation with Greg because he said something like, oh, I got to go. I got to go do something. I don't know. He said something to the effect of he has to make some move. And it's like, okay, so what move would he make if he was on the kids' side? Because mm-hmm. the kids are going straight to Logan. He has nothing to do. With that, like Shiv gave him no instructions because right. he's not a part of the plan because she doesn't give a fuck what he does because she right. doesn't think about him at all. So I should have known when he said that he had like moves to make, basically, that he meant that he was going to Logan and not to Shiv.
1: Yeah, I didn't oh, that's time. interesting. Like he was kind of boxed out of the whole thing. Interesting. Right.
0: So he he was boxed out of the plan in the
1: first place because he's like, oh, what about me? It's just like
0: oh, of course, you you get something big or whatever. But it's like, okay, so what what place does Tom play in the scheme of the Mm -hmm. children going to Logan and pulling that move out? He has nothing to do with it, but he was telling Greg, okay, I have to make this move. So I should have caught on then that he was going to go to Logan.
1: And that was his moment of opportunity to make the move. Um, But just to add to all of this, I do think that, um, as I was rewatching the season this past week, that there is a moment where I think how Tom views his own plans is revealed. And that's through, of course, the Nero and Sporus moment Mm -hmm. between Tom and Greg, where Tom is saying, you know, I've been reading this book, you know, on, uh, Greek history for my time in prison, and there's this story of this, you know, mad king that pushes his wife down the stairs, kills her, and then makes, you know, his favorite servant, um, you know, his wife and essentially like right hand partner, right? And I think that's interesting because he says a pr- he says this story pretty early on in the season. Um, and then, of course, in the final moments, it's revealed that he's turned on his wife and now has asked Greg to become, um, you know, his right hand man again. So
0: insane.
1: in many ways, he kind of like predicted this through this, uh, um, you know, little analogy of the story. So I do think there in my mind when I was rewatching it, I was like, OK, so Tom definitely views himself as kind of this mad king who you know, is in the throes of, of power. He's in the fight. um, And, you know, he, he knows what he wants. He knows he wants to, to gain more power. He wants to keep the power that he already has. And he's not afraid to literally, you know, and uh, metaphorically kill his wife um, in the process to, uh, to get what he wants.
0: So my question for you is, do you think that Shiv is going to see this as unforgivable or is she actually going to see this as Tom is actually a potential partner for me and he's grown a backbone? Like, is she going to be fucking like, mm. yeah, like, uh, that's my man. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Is she going to feel like she was betrayed by her husband? It's unforgivable. Or is she going to be like, wow, I kind of thought you were a bitch. and You just put a boss ass move.
1: I'm mad at you, but I respect mm, you. Interesting. Well, I see parallels with that from season two where Logan tells Kendall, you know, you're, you're not a killer. You're not, you know, like, are, like you need to be a killer. So it's almost like Tom kind of telling Shiv, like, no, I actually am the real deal. I am a killer because I can turn on you just as easily as, you know, you're turning on me or you box me out of your deals.' So it's almost like him proving that he's also a player in all of this. Um So that's kind of where, like, if Shiv does kind of go back to him, it's because that now there's like a level of respect there between them. right? Yeah.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm thinking too. It's like, that's why I think that she kind of didn't go that shit on him when she saw her Mm. dad kind of like pat his shoulder. Like, Of course it could be, she thought that her dad was just like, you know, greeting him to be an asshole or whatever. But I think that without a doubt, Shiv is. She was. She may have been born at night, but she wasn't born last night. Right. She's a very sly woman.
1: Yeah, she's gonna and put I the two and two together. Yeah, and
0: she might be actually like turned on by that shit. Like, okay, I actually have a partner that is capable of being a killer.
1: Yeah, and
0: it's in that same way of Logan when he thought that Kendall was gonna go. that fucking press conference and eat shit and he turned around Mm. and was like oh my dad is actually a shit and i feel like even though he was clearly mad at him he was like oh now we now we got something going here like that's the boy that i raised
1: the only thing i would counter to that though is that shiv is a very proud person and she cares Mm -hmm. a lot like about herself and like the way she's perceived and Mm -hmm. the way that she has power So I almost wonder if she's going to look at this like, yes, this is a killer move. Yes, I get, um, you know, a lot of uh, uh, clout or I give a lot of clout to you, Tom, for, for making this move, but I can't, I can't view this as something that is going to make me love you again or whatever. Like, like, I just, I'm too proud to, to give respect right now. Like I can't do it. And that's kind of what, just like, and by the way, just like her father, right? When, when, right. when it's like, I can't eat shit, Marsha, like I can't eat shit. Like, I think it's the same thing here. Like Shiv can give Tom respect, but, uh, won't actually act on it or do anything. Um, she's a daddy's daughter. Yeah. But definitely I, in my opinion, like Tom is definitely the character, as I've said in last week's episode, like he's the character to, to look out for next season. It's going to be a lot hanging on, you know, the moves that he makes. Um, he might even in some ways move into like a main character spot. Like, I think we're going to get yeah. a lot of screen time from him. So I'm really excited. Um, but before we move on kind of into the whole spinoff ideas that we wanted to, to um, chat about, just to kind of round out the season as a whole, what was your favorite moment?
0: Oh my God. I haven't even... There were just so many. I think it has to be um, Kendall singing before his birthday party. He is such a little baby. Um, I repeat, he is my baby.
1: He's our yeah. He's our little baby. He's
0: he's our little baby, and that's he's our number one boy, and it'll always be that. And it's like he was so innocent. He was so excited, and it just preset the tone of me not knowing where the fuck this show is going to go ever because he didn't get to sing the song like his birthday went terribly wrong but it went so wrong but it was like in a delicious kind of way even though yeah. it was a hard episode for me I'm like okay and you know what else I noticed overall um with this show is that we should have known from the first and second episodes that it's not going to be the kind of show to expect what people were expecting, which was like a death of either Kendall or Logan or even Kendall's kids is one of my theories because they had too many hilarious moments at serious times Mm. that we should know that it's like, okay, even if something like, I'm not going to say that everyone's going to live and live happily ever after. Logan very very well may die and it might be next season. I know all you guys want to kill him off. Um, I'm not saying that it's impossible for someone to die on this show, but I feel like even when there's going to be a death on the show, it's not going to be in the dramatic way that we expect from a premium show because at the end of the day, it is a dramedy and it's mm. heavy on the dark comedy. So what was mm-hmm. your favorite um, moment from the show?
1: Um, for me, and I thought a lot about this, but I think it goes to... <laughs> it goes to uh tom being afraid of going to prison um and specifically the line where he says you know like what am i going to do without that first cold glass of white wine after a long day of work Um, you loved that i love that line i love that line because it's just so it's so like just the, his love of fine wine. And then like later in the season, like sampling from that vineyard where he's like, I might as well enjoy this now. And the wine is just crap and they hate it. Um, I just find so, so funny. And just the idea of like, you know, when you think you're going to prison and and you're worried and you know, you're taking a uh, stock of the things that you really love in life. Right you know, because you're going to be losing your freedom, you're going to be losing, like, all the, your, you know, favorite things, your favorite comforts, and his big thing is a cold glass of white wine after yeah. a long day of work. It's, it's such
0: a like, simple pleasure, though, you know, and I've never thought that I was going to go to jail, and I hopefully I'm yeah. not going to go to jail, but I felt that, like, I'm feeling that right now with, like, okay, there's a question of, are we going to lock down again?
1: Mm. And
0: it's, like, I'm you know, I'm that slacks, ready to attack, and all oh, that yeah. good stuff. But it's like, if we lock down again, I'm really gonna miss going to Target and mm. getting my Gatorade and just like these little simple pleasures in life. Just like Tom um, is gonna miss his cold last cool. of light line on an empty
1: stomach too. I very related, really
0: on an empty stomach.
1: On an empty stomach, it's it stomach. Hits different. It it's different. Yeah, and I, I think it also just goes back to like. I don't know, like just the idea of, um, in corporate America, like having a drink after a long day of work and like people really looking forward to it and in like the drudgery of life, you know, and work, and that's all you do, like looking forward to that moment where you get to go home and have a glass of wine on an empty stomach, um, I think is just really funny, and not not to say that you know we endorse that uh, as part of suck bod by any means. Make sure that you're eating while you're drinking, unless that's yeah. your thing, in which case yeah. do you? But
0: I D K though. We're giving you advice, but we don't know.
1: Look, I don't know if our <laughs> listeners are like under 21, so I don't want to give any. You are uh, 21 and advice. over
0: specifically enjoy your wine how you want it if you're exactly yeah you don't know
1: nothing we're not going to tell you what to do um (laughs) but anyway (laughs) cold glass of of white wine on an empty stomach yeah yeah
0: so rate the season compared to other seasons Mm. like season one give it a rating one to ten season two give it a rating one to ten season three give a rating one to ten
1: hmm That's interesting. I also kind of want to like rank the seasons in terms of like, what's, what has been my favorite of it all. Um, I mean, season one, I think was like a nine, Mm -hmm. maybe even a 10 because it just, it was the, the like cultural launching pad for the show. Like it picked up, I think it picked up a ton of buzz. Like obviously through the pandemic, when people were like locked inside, I know that, you know, Succession has gained a lot of fans um, and that's definitely worth noting. But I think none of that would have been possible if there wasn't a fairly large, dedicated fan base right from the jump in season one. Um, And I know, you know, and I think I told this story um, actually in the pilot episode of of our podcast about how like I had seen the trailer, you know, before Succession had even aired, and I was like going around um, where I was working and like telling everybody like folks that I knew that were definitely. Uh, fans of you know prestige TV on HBO, you know what have you, and, and just like really trying to spread the word because I was like I think this show is going to be huge. Like I can just get a feeling for it. Like I'd seen Jeremy Strong in The Big Short. Like I knew he had you know the chops. What like, it takes. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's why I have to give it a nine. Like whether or not it's better than the other seasons, I think I have to maybe think about that a little bit more first. But. Um, you know, it, it was the launching pad for everything. So you have to give credit where it's due. What do you think?
0: Season one, I'm actually going to rate a seven. Oh. I, <laughs> yeah, hot take, don't cancel me. Um, I I didn't really start liking the show until the end of season two, which was the finale episode. I didn't get mm. succession. You know, I'm a quarantine one. Um, I did right. hear the buzz about it when it was on and I saw the buzz about it on Twitter but it wasn't out there the way other shows are out there it wasn't advertised the way other shows are advertised it was it's a it was a very niche show when it aired in season one I think you think it was popular because you worked kind of in that in a media setting in general yes yeah, But to us regular folks who were just coming off of the Game of Thrones high, we were Ooh. like, we don't want to fucking see this shit. What is this? Yeah, it's what much more this? subtle.
1: It's much more subtle. We don't care
0: about this. What's <laughs> and, and I just, I forced myself to watch it because it was literally, I'm not even joking. It was something about the theme song that drew me in that I literally forced myself to watch 20 episodes and we all from the it theme the, song. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> there's no way that this song is this good and the show isn't matching up to how good the song was. Yeah. I and mean, then when T came out with the remix, I was just like, wait, this is, I'm going to continue to watch this. Yeah. Shout sh-
1: out to
0: Nicholas Bertel. Yeah. Right? Shout out
1: to Nicholas Bertel. And also, I would just say, shout out to classical music in general, because yeah, there's that you. vibe throughout this whole show that, you know, I think. Uh, I think like music wise with this kind of show could go in many different directions. And instead it went with a very kind of like understated sound to it. That's like, Mm -hmm. it it is classic music, right? It's not um, what you really see on TV nowadays. So I thought it was interesting. You know, what's crazy is
0: that it's classical music.
1: And then especially,
0: you know, obviously in in different scenes it plays in the, Mm -hmm. the dramatic scenes that it plays. But if it's not playing classical music, It plays rap music, which I think is very Mm. interesting because Kendall is, even though, you know, it's so relatable because I know so many like rich assholes that are like obsessed with like Kanye, you know, it reflects that, you know what I mean? And Kendall is there listening to like all the schoolboy Q and like Wu-Tang Clan and he has his headphones on and he's listening to good ass (laughs) music. And it's like, you have classical music and then you have rap. It's like the soundtrack of at least, you know, Kendall. But anyways, Hmm. season one, I give it a seven. Season two, I give an eight. And then season three, I give a 10. So for me, it just got better.
1: Wow, okay, wow. Um, hmm. What do you give season two? Oh man, I don't, it's tough for me because- When I think about season two, just like looking back at it in this moment right now, it just feels it was like the sad Kendall season. And you don't think that
0: this was a sad
1: Kendall season? Oh, this was definitely a sad Kendall season as well, but he took a more active approach this season. Like he really was trying to take down his father. I mean, still failed stupendously but at least last season you know we kind of was like this really mopey like I'll do whatever my dad tells me type of situation but yeah but there were still so many other you know funny moments of like um, Greg and Tom fighting during the active shooter the whole Pierce family like it was this very big intense season was it better than season one though and that I don't know so I think I would have to give it an eight I think I'd have to give it an eight just because it didn't it didn't continue to pull me in the way that season one did even though you know and granted like we're splitting hairs here right like this show is incredible yeah. every episode that comes yeah. out is very good um but if I, if I have to narrowly compare the two i definitely we think do. that one was yeah one was better than than two so i'd have to give it like an eight and then season three this season oh, i'm gonna give it a nine i'm gonna give it a nine it was you it's been an awesome season
0: one and three the same Correct. Right.
1: Correct. So I, I but, feel like the show okay, is Okay, so now
0: back. we have to you know, I have to ask you which is better, season one or season three? Ooh. You can't just go and give them the same rating and then we just go about um, our way. way. Like, I know, no, you're challenging me, Kea. You're challenging bad me. Too against each other.
1: Yeah. Um, and you
0: can't say why not both. This is not
1: the commercial. I'm going to say we're season one. Second. I put season one and- above season three. And it's because you know, and I've, I've read interviews with um, the creator, Jesse Armstrong, about how the waiter situation in season one, you know, it, it wasn't supposed to be like a signal for the show that, you know, big things need to happen, that the show can be more subtle. Um, however, the fact that there was that moment where Kendall's responsible at least in his mind, for killing a waiter and how that that specific event has set up the rest of the show and how it's carried through um, each season, I think is really powerful. And the fact that they were able to make the moment what it was, you know, of mm-hmm. Kendall walking in the mud, covered, you know, and in, in mm-hmm. just soaking wet, like just in this destroyed. He state. did go
0: back in, by the way. He did try to um, try to save,
1: yeah, the waiter. Totally, and, and and we see that kind of like parallel at the end of season three where he's talking to his siblings about it, which I thought was really strong. Um, I think that season yeah. two was
0: better than season one for me because of the way that it wasn't good for you. I liked the buildup. Like, I liked having mm. sad Kendall. I'm going to do whatever my dad says. He even like sends Naomi home on the yacht. You think that he's about to literally go and eat shit and then he completely flips this. this. The switch and like that was for that is that literal moment is when i decided like okay it doesn't matter if the show gets shitty i'm gonna see it through like that's what made me a fan of the show that press conference was like one of the hardest things i've seen on a show yeah. in quite some time other than in power but power never gets
1: True. Also, looking back are. looking back on the the last two seasons too that we didn't really see that much this season is um kendall's drug abuse that right. was a huge theme in the show that i mean it feels like was mentioned in passing at most mm-hmm. um but otherwise kind of fell off like thematically wise which i thought yeah. was um I, I don't know i Just kind like of the wish people there was fell no off too. Yeah, like, do you think this season, season three of Succession would have been different if Kendall was using cocaine and, and drinking yeah. a lot? I
0: think it would have, you know what? I kind of see why they cut it because I feel like it might've been too much because yeah. we already have him at his lowest. Like he starts off the season really strong. You know, he did what he did. He got the best fucking lawyer in mm-hmm. the road. The second episode, he's calling his siblings in. He has a game plan. He doesn't mm-hmm. need them. Um, it goes on, and it's like, okay, we see, we see Logan get sick. Um, we see him get sick in front of the dude from um, from not Gojo, but the dude before that. We see Logan get sick on the hype or whatever. Oh yeah, Adrian and it's Brody. like, we're, yeah, Adrian Brody, <laughs> and <laughs> we're like, okay, so Kendall has these moments where it's like, okay, l- literally logan's way too old and he's gonna have to take over but then we get that twist at the end where it's like um actually he literally beat them so if we saw kendall abusing drugs and then you know trying to commit suicide yeah and then having that breakdown it would have been it would have took us out of the succession bubble oh, of being a dramedy it would have been
1: too much too much yeah i think it would have also like pull it might pull something away from kendall's character too like oh yeah. he's just an addict that's why exactly but but without showing his drug abuse this season it's like no this is just pure kendall like this is just pure chaos and darkness within him
0: and He just um,
1: is, is... and not to mention that you Sorry. know jeremy strong shared that um, well, I don't know if he shared it but in the New Yorker article uh, which we will get to next episode it, it definitely deserves its own kind of discussion um, and yeah. deep dive in of itself so we will get there but uh, right. it was mentioned that for the scenes that he was really messed up in in season one and two that he would kind of the Jeremy Strong would, would get a little tipsy before filming mm-hmm. so um, yeah, more more <laughs> on that a little bit later. I'm so but... glad
0: that you didn't say that Jeremy Strong would actually do cocaine. I'm like,
1: I don't think no, sit no, no. His podcast. <laughs> well, I mean that, that there. I mean, there's nothing out there, at least as far as I'm aware of, that would indicate that. So talk I can't... about
0: method acting. That
1: would be insane, though. That would that would be pretty. I don't know how HBO would feel about that. Allegedly,
0: um, allegedly, allegedly.
1: Yeah, but uh, spinoffs. You know, to to kind of round out this. This episode um Roy
0: family and spinoff because I feel like Tom is Tom Roy now.
1: Well, hold on. Let's let's just preface this by saying, you know, HBO has HBO Max now, which is this big streaming right. service. It's been out for many months. Um, Excellent. and you know, they're trying to put out more content. It's it's not a secret. Um, it's we've seen spin-offs that have already um, been announced for Game of Thrones. Uh, so right. I don't think it's that far off for HBO to do a Succession spinoff. Um, right, because so I think being, that this is a
0: show that can't go
1: twelve yeah. seasons. Oh, I totally it, agree. I think it's yeah. going to go five max, but yeah, maybe six. But cool. all of that being said, if HBO was to go down the road of entertaining a Succession spinoff, what are some ideas? Let's let's get into and we're
0: that. gonna go Roy by Roy, including Tom. Roy, Roy by Roy. he has. He has Tom um, Roy. He has the respect of Roy right now. Like that was gangsta as I, I don't care what anyone says. I underestimated Tom myself. I dragged that man through the mud, and you know what? I am happy to eat shit and be like Tom. Listen, you surprised me in the best
1: mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: so but we have to start with Big Papa Patriarch. Yes, gangsta OG. Logan, Logan Roy, baby, yeah. I want to see a spinoff about him being a killer and how, not how he, got, not how he built Waystar, but I want to see before he built Waystar, like because mm. we know that he came from Scotland. He was shit for. Like he wasn't born in money, yeah. like his kids, and that's why I think he's so pissed off with his children. It's because I like I gave you everything, and you yeah. guys can't get it the fuck together. Um, I want to see before Waystar, I want to see him come from Scotland. I want to see him, you know, maybe even, I guess he would have Connor because Connor's the, the oldest, he is mm-hmm. the eldest son, whether Kendall likes it or not. I want to see him be like the Wolf of Wall Street and how he set the foundation to become this killer. What do you want to see a spinoff about Logan?
1: I would want to see him definitely ignoring his children and just seeing the sadness in like a toddler's face as he's oh my you know, God. goes off to business. no we're, we're about to go dark. I want Jason is a monster um, I, <laughs> I want to see flashbacks and I don't know how this would work like um, realistically, but I would want to see like flashbacks to him like as a young man like maybe fighting in a war. Mm -hmm. you know, like being in like the military or something and like being forced to like build this sense of discipline and, you know, like him making some kind of power move with a general so that he wouldn't have to go to like the front lines of battle or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But also I would want to see like his artistic side, like Waystar is this huge media conglomerate that is news, a movie studio you know, all this incredible IP. So I think there has to be a part of him that loves entertainment, that loves culture, that loves art. Um, and I'd want to see that. I'd want to see that side of him as a young man mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. What like how you? he
0: fell in love with with media in the first place. Was, exactly. Well, okay, what's what's one movie that like made you as an adult fall in love with like TV shows or
1: movies Hmm. for me Mm -hmm.
0: not like as a kid but like I'm talking about like 18 plus what made you say like okay tv is actually going to be like or movies are actually going to be like a priority in my life because for some people it's sports for some people they enjoy like food like there are people out there who don't really enjoy entertainment
1: or they
0: they think of different things for entertainment but for us i feel like it's definitely tvs and movies we really like love them we're just fans of
1: them i mean for me it was always i've always been a fan of of tv and film and i think it stems first from and i've actually given this a lot of thought but um you know i'll share this story really quickly when i was i was probably in like fifth or sixth grade um i was actually a background actor in spider-man 2 shout um, out to Spider-Man 2. Yeah, shout out to Spider-Man 2. Shout out to Tobey Maguire. I've not shout seen out the to new Don't spoil, don't
0: spoil. Yeah, Spidey. don't
1: don't spoil Spidey. I actually haven't seen the new movie yet. I Me I plan on seeing it. Um I'm you know just waiting for uh you know the holiday to see it with my family, I guess. But anyway, um I was a I was a background actor in um, Spider-Man 2 with my younger brother. That's one of the reasons why I want to wait. Um but we were in the background of the park when in the beginning of Spider-Man 2 where he's like kind of swimming swinging around the city being like I love being Spider-Man and um <laughs> a ball rolls out into the street and uh and Spider-Man kind of swoops down and saves the kid I am in the park behind that that kid so you you I don't even think you can barely see me maybe my back is turned yeah. um but we're going but have I got to, find to that
0: still for our I it could this. be
1: out there I haven't like actively looked for it or anything but I do remember like being on set for the day like being with the the crew you know like seeing the whole park was like shut down in New York City which I thought was kind of crazy and just like really kind of like loving the whole thing and then seeing the movie seeing and, and watching the movie and just being like oh my god I can't believe I got to like be in the park the day that they were shooting this thing and all the cameras but you were like, in it
0: you're literally yeah. a star
1: 100 percent And you know, he's an actor. Am I upset that they didn't ask me back for <laughs> <laughs> for this Spider-Man movie? I mean, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I I kind of wish it, that they did. I mean, I'm sure there's a background that I could have fit into. Yeah. Um, but for sure. Know, we'll have to we'll have to wait till this podcast grows and then try to make a, a bigger, a bigger movie. Rectify move.
0: it. Listen, they're about to do three more Spider-Man movies. Um, yeah. you know, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. We can go back 100%. and do some reshoots and add 100%. you in it.
1: I'd love to be like, to maybe, and maybe I take on a bigger role. Maybe in some right. the background, I'm like working the, the, um, the bar at. Right. You can be a bartender. Something. Yeah, exactly. Like Toby McGuire comes in for mm-hmm. a drink and I'm there, I'm serving, I'm serving. serving you friends. are
0: serving and you're giving.
1: I'm gi- I would be giving, I'd be giving that movie. So, you know, <laughs> We don't know what will happen but um there's definitely there's definitely possibility there yeah yeah so that's amazing i'm I'm glad you actually uh, told
0: that story even though i asked you over 18 but since we're going under 18 yeah (laughs) um well
1: whatever had the biggest effect on you
0: well there was two things i grew up i went to a performance arts elementary school And, like, on Mondays and Tuesdays, you go to your minor. And then on Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays, you go to your major. And then after school, you just picked whatever you wanted to. In a performing arts school, my minor was ballet. And then my major was art. But then after school, I would go and I would do these, like, do the back. Like, I wouldn't even be in the plays, but I would be, like, giving doing the wardrobe telling people what they need to stand. the sand I would do all these different things I'm like I really like love art in general like I love music I love ballet I love Mm -hmm. movies I love tv shows I love listening to podcasts like any form of media like I love art and um I knew from early on I'm like yeah I need to do something where even if I'm not the main character I I'm still a part of it so then I went to Want to Do City, which I don't know if you guys ever went to Want to Do City or heard of Want to Do no, wanna City. Oh, what is it? It was like this place where like it was built for kids. They had like imaginary money and you would go and you could do whatever you want to do. Like the, the, the theme song was like, want to do city where kids can do what they want to do. And, like, I'm you not. could be a chef. So they let you make pizza. Oh, you could be a model. Whoa. So they had, like, this little thing where you could be a model. And me, I went to, like, this little journalist thing. And they had, like, all these computers. And we were supposed to, like, whoa. get a story. And I wrote my story on, like, I don't know, a movie that I recently saw. So I was like, okay. I knew from very early on, I wanted to be in the, huh. inter- in the entertainment industry, even if it was just behind the scenes. And then the second realization that I loved, movies is like it's a lot of people disagree with me but when I was 18 that was my senior year we read The Great Gatsby for the first time in high school and I'm like that's that's my favorite book to this day probably because it's only like one of five books that I've ever like fully read um but I loved it and then that same year or like right after I think is when Tobey Maguire goes back to school yes. again and Leonardo DiCaprio they did a, like a reimagining of The Great Gatsby, and it had Beyonce on the album. Yes, that I remember that, that movie. To Lana, and and then yeah. it was it was produced by I think I forgot his name, um, Baz Luhrmann. Hmm. And Baz Luhrmann is known for like the over the top, dramatic, like Moulin Rouge kind of like you know movies. I and mean, that was Star totally the style. The Great Gatsby, and I thought that was probably that's still like probably my number one movie. And I, I just fell in love with that movie. I fell in love with that book. I fell in love with art. And, like, that's when I was just, like, I fucking love TV and art and, like, movies and shows and shit like Hell that. Hell yeah.
1: So that's completely off topic.
0: But we found a show called Succession, and now we're obsessed with yes.
1: it. Yes. It's all roads lead to succession, <laughs> succession and the Suck Pod.
0: So now, spinoffs. Yes. We should go to the kids, obviously. We're going to give honor. His respect. What do you want to spin
1: off about Connor together? To- Connor, um, I would love to see a spinoff where uh, it's Connor um, after the events of Succession end. So we don't really know how that will end, but I'd love to see him as an old man um, in the cutthroat world of uh, wine producing,
0: where maybe <laughs> yeah. he doesn't
1: have you know a fortune anymore. Maybe he mm-hmm. has been cut out of, you know, the family in some way. And he's kind of this guy that's on his own, um, you know, living in Italy, making fine wine. Um, you know, I don't know if this is like a dramatic show. It's probably more of a comedy, more, maybe more of like, you know, sitcom style comedy of like just this guy that had a ton of money. Now he has nothing dropped mm-hmm. in a small town in Italy just to to chase his dream of producing just absolutely gorgeous bottles of wine.
0: And in this vision is Willa still. With
1: um yes and no. I think they're estranged. So like she like comes in sometimes to like She's a Marsha. She's a she's a bit of a Marsha, but she hasn't gotten any money out of him so she's kind of like also this like starving actor type that's like just out there like kind of doing her own thing but like once in a while checks in with him and you know he has all these different um beautiful italian girlfriends that he has to kind of you know uh juggle juggle, you know with when when willa comes in so i think that would be i think that would be his show i'd watch it it's beautiful what would you
0: want to see connor yeah what he does what what the fuck does he do when he leaves his siblings we know what happens with Shiv. We know what happens with Roman sometimes, because Roman's still a bit of a mystery. We know what happens with Kendall, but I want to know exactly at this point where Connor is like trying to run for to fucking president. Or oh like my what gosh. is he doing? The moments that we do not see Connor on screen, I want it to happen yes. at, the universe at oh, that same university.
1: Wow. Time, but
0: with different characters, like his own. It's Connor's yes Connor's show instead of kindle's show. Like his political world.
1: I love that. This
0: is kindle's show. So I, I want to see Connor's show and him 100%. running for president. And you know, those his are great friends, ideas. You know, like what's going on? Yeah. So HBO, you need to listen to us because we're
1: full of them. Yes.
0: Okay, now Kindle. Hmm. kindle so,
1: I'm gonna say this. I wanna bucket. Kendall, Shiv, and Roman together in a spinoff of them in high school. And I'd, I'd love mm. to see a show, like, think, like, the same energy as, like, Riverdale, right? Like, the same kind of, like, like drama, same kind of, like, dramatic lighting. Um, combine that with, like, a show like Glee. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. No, sorry, sorry. Not Glee, not Glee. I meant to say you the want, grassy musicals no musicals no musicals i i was thinking i mean that would also be kind of crazy town but um i was thinking more like degrassi like over the top like high school drama oh my god like skins
0: Euphoria. yes
1: like show me like the richest of the rich kids in a private school where they all assume they're going to be inheriting this insane amount of wealth like the rules don't matter and they're just off having fun and you know that's exactly how their
0: lives are Work.
1: Exactly. So it, it really is like a true prequel. Um, but I think I would just up like the um, the kind of like glam factor of it all. But I would love to see like, uh, you know, Kendall, like talking about how he's going to become like his father, you know, Shiv, like. As this like hyper like liberal kind of like screw the patriarchy screw Mm -hmm. corporate america like i'm going to become like a hippie and like everyone's like uh okay shiv like sure you know what i mean because i was kind of her character for the first two seasons of the show and then Roman is this, like, kind of, like, decrepit, <laughs> like, hidden, like, just freak. And he, <laughs> <laughs> just Like, you know, in this show, in this spinoff, like, he's hooking up with a teacher. Right. Like, he's staying after class, getting that detention.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Oh, my God. That'd be so good. I feel like if uh, out of all of our ideas, I feel like that's the one that's most, like, viable because they can yeah. have a whole new cast.
1: Who would play some of these characters? Like, who do you see, like, fitting into those roles? Oh, my God.
0: Um, so it has have to be those Netflix kids, all those Netflix actors.
1: Just the, what if the it was are, the same like, cast Disney of Stranger kids. Things? Like, they just take the cast, like, <laughs> after Stranger Things ends, they, like, all go to HBO and make, like, tons of money per episode to just do a succession spin-off. They can act, okay?
0: And then the girl is already she's red-headed so she yeah right sadie sank
1: shout out sadie to sadie sank yeah. yeah
0: she's redheaded so she can do it really bobby brown like yeah
1: that'd be Damn. perfect
0: or um sabrina carpenter from like disney all the disney shows and like mm-hmm. olivia rodrigo and or yeah. we just take the people from riverdale and literally just put them
1: that's also true back to wow. hbl and make
0: them go back to high school students you know a true recycling these people
1: yeah and i feel like that type of show could also like it would get like the succession fan base but it would also get like that kind of like younger new, yeah. gen z like you know what i mean like they put clips on tiktok like i'm thinking about how to market this thing like let's go
0: listen jason don't 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 do too much of the development because if they take the shit and run
1: 100%. Well, so look, our DMs are always open at, at the SuckPod um, <laughs> Instagram page. So HBO, if you want to slide in, offer us a yeah. development deal, you know, I'm more right. than happy, we're both more than happy to, to kind of make that um, for you guys. Yeah, so. if you guys
0: want to take us up on our offers on any of these ideas,
1: we'll delete this entire episode. For 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as I can be like a, a background actor and... <laughs> want to be like i just need to have you know what you i mean and, like ron
0: the bartenders is
1: yes here. or we'll be like playing in a park in the background <laughs> while a young like roman chases after a teacher or something um
0: that's a perfect yeah i'm gonna lump in with you and want a prequel of the roy siblings in high school so we got those three down mm-hmm. so we need a tom spinoff and then a greggy boy spinoff
1: So what do you want to see from Tom? Tom, uh, I mean, I would love to see him honestly uh, be in a drama that is about him struggling as a young businessman. So maybe someone in his like early thirties, late twenties, trying to be an entrepreneur in like, you know, um, in like the 80s or something, 80s or 90s. I don't know like where the timing like fits with his current age, but I feel like it'd mm-hmm. be like an interesting kind of like, you know, almost like a halt and catch fire type of show, um, which, you know, it's like him just trying to, uh, to just like make it to, to be a person and slowly realizing that, you know, the cards are kind of like not stacked in his favor and that mm-hmm. he can get ahead by um, leaning deeper into re- relationships versus like his own intelligence because Ooh. in life like you kind of have to work with the cards that you're dealt. You know what I mean? Like he didn't have like, do. he doesn't come from a place where he has like a lot of like capital that he can just put into his ideas. So he kind of has to right. like maneuver his way around. Yeah. He
0: has to grind from the bottom in that mm-hmm. weird idea.
1: Yeah.
0: I would want Tom to flash forward Um, I want him and Shiv to have their own Roy kids. Mm -hmm. And I want to see him have his own company. And it's basically Succession, but Tom is Logan Roy. And we know that he's not like Logan Roy. Like He has a heart. He's Mm -hmm. hilarious. So I guess like a comedy, but
1: Succession. So he yes. has
0: kids. It's still in has, the world
1: of succession, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's in the world of succession. Maybe even name it like instead of Waystar, Maystar. Yeah. And, and like it's just us seeing what Tom does
1: like years later. I love that too.
0: You know, and have his just retell the story, but just with different, yeah, different kids and or even
1: like a uh like bloodline. Like I'm thinking like of like the whole like Marvel's like what if thing, like. What exactly. if, like Tom, you know, is the CEO? Exactly. That's exactly what I want to see, and and how he
0: handles it, basically.
1: Yeah. Interesting. And what that. about what about Greg? Where do, where, Greg, I just want to
0: see his would literally just be a reality show of Greg, <laughs> um, of Nicholas Braun in <laughs> character, yes. dating like Flea.
1: I agree so that he, he needs a reality show. He like needs a docu series. Show.
0: Or a docu-series and it needs to be like flavor of love type style with like 30 women come to live with Greg, Nicholas Braun in character as Greg. Yes. Yes, he needs to be in character. Or like The Bachelor, you know? Like I want to see it and it would be hilarious.
1: Yeah, for me, thinking deeper into the HBO um, intellectual property universe, like I would love to see a docu-series Mm -hmm. where um, Nicholas Braun playing Greg, um lands the role of big bird on sesame street and it's just like a like a very serious docuseries of like going through like him preparing for the role like getting in the costume of big bird Mm -hmm. and then we see him on set like learning his lines and it leads up to like some kind of like huge like special that sesame street is doing and he has to just like nail it and just what that what that's like for for cousin Greg um, going yeah. into the world of acting and and kind of how that plays out for him.
0: That would be um, perfect. Yeah. So it's just like we got we have what, what was that that was it was Logan it mm. was Connor and then you know the Golden Three Tom
1: yeah. and Greg
0: so we have five different spinoff ideas well not even five because me and you both gave our own true <laughs> so we have nine because i lumped the golden children yeah. in so there gold. we go so we have nine ideas here nine ideas
1: still, boom and then maybe like for good measure we could throw in like a spin-off cartoon where right. it's like jerry is just like a queen of some sort
0: right i just, it honestly sure.
1: has nothing to do with the, it is it could have nothing to do with the world of succession it's just like the character just jerry. jerry just like call it just jerry um, yeah, maybe it's not a cartoon. Maybe it's a. Maybe. I You know what? I, I feel like um, there should be a spinoff where Jerry does like a stand up special for HBO.
0: <laughs> that came out of left field. But the thing is, I think that Jerry would actually be hilarious.
1: Yeah. 100%. Like she,
0: she'd be. Who was a funny woman? She'd be a Wanda Sykes, I feel. Yeah. Like she's shock everyone.
1: Totally. And then also um some kind of spin-off where they can connect the dots that Fisher Stevens um is the producer <laughs> of Tiger, Tiger King, King? <laughs> which is a true factual thing. Look it up. Um, yes, we
0: posted it on our, our Instagram. Yeah. So just our like only if other they can form of connecting yeah if they can connect so the world
1: of succession to Tiger King, Tiger I think King? that is a um that is an Emmy winning show right there. So
0: and we're golden. And we did Beautiful. we did all the work for you.
1: Hundred percent. So, and
0: you guys already yeah. own the IP, so all you would have to do is just pay us a finder's fee and, like, maybe a developer. Beautiful. Well, these guys, are good ideas. Actually, what? Well, okay. What's your? Do you have any final thoughts, feelings, oh. questions? Anything that you want to get? Sounds, noises that you have about succession season three.
1: Uh, season three. In one word The bomb. It was awesome. <laughs> That's one word. That's one yeah, word. I, no space between the and bomb. It's just it was it was awesome. It was uh, a fantastic season. I'm so, so excited for where this show is going to go. And as a fan, I just can't keep to, I can't wait to just keep watching and and you know get into it. And um, you know, this this podcast uh, will continue in that way what, what do you think what's yeah. your kind of like last thoughts on season three
0: um to the very end I want to make sure that everyone knows that I know that I called Kindle a loser and I kind of cyber him but I want everyone to know that he is my baby, he is our um, baby he's yeah. our, our number one boy and I'm still a Kindle girl to the end and I want um Kendall in this next season my prediction you know even though that's every season i'm like okay kendall's gonna get it together and he's Mm -hmm. gonna figure out how to beat logan i really think that since he has his siblings on his side that kendall has the potential to lead Waystar into the future without logan roy and if he has to die in order to do that then he has to die but at the end of the day kendall is the successor and um i love you kendall and Also, Jeremy Strong, I appreciate your sacrifices to bring this character to the screen because you did everything right.
1: And speaking of which, um, as we kind of like look ahead to what we want to be doing with this podcast, Suck Pod, um, we definitely want you guys to stick around. Next week, we want to get into that uh, Jeremy Strong article that came out in the beginning of December. It sent kind of shockwaves um, through the Succession fandom. Uh, you know, this was a New Yorker article that was a deep dive into Jeremy Strong's acting career and his acting method for the show and how he kind of looks at the character of Kendall Roy. So we don't want to leave that out. We're going to talk about it, um, next week and, uh, some other kind of surprises that we can't reveal just yet, um, are coming your guys' way. So stick around as always. We really, really appreciate you guys listening, hitting us up on Instagram. Um, we appreciate it.
0: Yes, we are grateful and guess what? We here for you. We here for you. Bye. Take care, guys.